Hey, this is Dave, and recently I was able to sit down with Tristan and Carly Van Dyken and had just a wonderful conversation with them. We talked about so many different things, and you know when you hop into a conversation, you don't always know where it's going to go, and we talked about uh, the difference between religion and a relationship with Jesus. We talked about their marriage, parenting their son Nash. We talked about dating. Tristan and Carly met each other uh, very early on. Uh, they went to the same church, went to the same school and got married at 19 and 21. And throughout this conversation, uh, you could just tell uh, how God has been at work in their life. And so I encourage you to listen to this conversation all the way through and just enjoy hearing how God has been at work in this young couple. Tristan and Carly, thank you for joining me. I would love just to start the conversation with you guys sharing a little bit about your childhood. Where did you grow up? How were you raised? Talk a little bit about your family. I... I mean, we grew up, we both grew up in Hudsonville, mm -hmm. um, very similar upbringings. Like just, we both went to Hudsonville Christian. We both went to unity. Just, we both grew up going to the same church actually too. So, um, Emmanuel CRC in Hudsonville, I would say my house was probably a little bit more like your house is like way more relaxed than my house was. But other than that, like we probably had very similar upbringings. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by relaxed? My, okay, so my mom grew up in a family that was, like, just really high-strung. Like, some people had some big anger issues, and she just, like, grew up that way from a kid, as a kid. So she tried so hard not reflect that, you know, part of her childhood back on us. But um, it wasn't until she had, like, this huge change of heart and two huge like encounter with the Lord that that like kind of changed. So I probably being the oldest got like, I saw, I saw every stage. So like until I was in middle school was probably like more of her like most angry, I guess, times of life and, or in parenting, I should say. And then when I was in middle school was kind of when that change happened. And then throughout high school, um, just continued to like, get to know the Lord and just really like let the Lord have her whole heart, I guess. So, um, yeah, I would say that my mom, she broke a lot of generational curses throughout my whole childhood, um, which is so awesome. And that's a huge part of my testimony. It was really hard to deal with at the time, but, um, I would say I was a really good kid because I was scared not to be. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas mm -hmm. Tristan was a good kid because he had like the utmost respect from his for his parents. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. kind of. let's let's talk about uh, your mom's transformation. You know, mm -hmm. you're watching that as a kid. Yeah. What effect did that have on you? Can you go back into those middle school times and uh, yeah, reflect was... on the on the change that you're seeing in her and and how that impacted you? Yeah, middle school was really hard because everything that I grew up church wise was just very traditional and very like not really anything Holy Spirit filled and like mm -hmm. God's sovereignty wasn't really a thing. It was more of just like a, you know, everything happens because he makes it happen kind of mindset. So then when I was in middle school and that shift happened for her, she was backtracking on a lot of things. And like, also like this transformation was happening you know, she was getting so excited about these new things she was learning. And so that kind of came off to me as like, she started preaching at us because she was just so excited to share. But for me, that was hard because I was sick of being preached at. I mean, no middle schooler hardly even wants to talk to their parents, let alone sure. get preached at by their parents. So um, I think that her convictions of the way that she was acting, you know, she kind of tried to push the convictions on us in a little like, or at least me, I can't speak for my sisters, but at least for me, um, yeah, kind of like forced her convictions on us in a more preach preaching way. So mm -hmm. I remember actually talking to my um, middle school small group leader about, you know, how do I handle this? Like I, I was really struggling with that a lot because mm -hmm. it came off very hypocritical to me. Like mm -hmm. she would, you know, say all these good things, but she would say them really like aggressively. So like, you know, you don't want to accept something that's coming off as really aggressive. Um, you, in fact, I'd push back on it more than anything sure. else. So, um, but now 
I can understand where she was coming from. I understand why that all happened. I understand the transformation of her heart and just being in that middle ground. But it's really cool to see, like, I mean, my mom's like pretty chill for the most part, like just Mm. really, just really a whole different person, a Mm. lot like slower to anger. And um, yeah, just she's grown in her knowledge of the Holy Spirit, like incredibly and just Jesus in the Bible. So, so this brings up an interesting thought. I'm just going to camp on this for, you know, a couple more more minutes, you know, as people go through a transformation, as they're learning, they want to naturally share, share it with people and they're excited about something. Um, what, you know, look back on that. Like, you know, it's always easy to look back and say, wish, wish it would have happened this way or that way, but let's learn from this. Like, what do you think is the, how do you think is the best way for somebody to share something that they're excited about that they're learning in a way that if somebody receives it well. That's a good question. I would say my biggest thing, and you know, Marta Stanley even said this to me the other day too, is like, some things are better caught than taught. Mm -hmm. And like, I think there are times and places for really like sharing everything, but I think you kind of have to read the room sometimes and see how receptive people are because, um, if you're getting a lot of kickback, it's better to just like show God's love through your actions more than your words. I think, um, if people are interested, they'll ask questions. And I think it's really good to open up the doors, um, so that people know that you're a safe place to ask questions, you know, when those questions come about, but to just like word vomit at them, eventually people get bored and their ears shut off. So I don't know that's in their hearts closed up. So I think it's a really tricky balance. And, but I think at the end of the day, you just really have to read, read the situation, read the room a lot more than anything else. That's a huge thing. I'm I'm constantly telling my kids like read the room. You know, when you walk into a room, understand what's going on. But I think that's a good lesson for us adults too. As we go into a situation, it's reading the room, but also reading like uh, through the lens of the Holy Spirit saying, okay, what God are you doing in this situation? And maybe I don't have to share everything, but just listen and, and maybe share one thing or whatever the Lord. So Tristan, talk about uh, your childhood. Um, You, uh, Carly said that you had just a lot of respect for your parents and um, grew up in in a great home. I mean, I would say my childhood was I mean, it was boring in the aspect of looking back on it. I mean, I enjoyed everything I did, but there wasn't any big events or like, uh, yeah, I just, I got along with my parents super well. My mom is just super caring and she would do anything to take care of us. And she, you know, she was one of the moms that she will, she would bring us meals today. If we called her and asked her to, she would do our laundry. She would, she would do anything for us. So I had that. And then, uh, yeah, I got along with my dad really well. He was someone who worked super hard and, um, he always had a project, so I would always help him and spend time with him and yeah, Mm -hmm. got along with my siblings super well. And yeah, like like I said, it was just a really good. Yeah. Very steady. Not boring. Steady. steady. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I love that because that's, that's such a beautiful you know thing to hear is like, here's just this steady family, loving people, loving each other, um, just kind of, kind of caring for one another. How um, has that relationship uh, with your parents uh, uh, changed as you went from a, a kid to a middle school student to now an adult? Mm-hmm. Um, how is that? How is that now? See, I don't, I don't know if I noticed a ton of change. Would no. you say there's I don't think there's been a ton of change. You know, there's been the the gradual changes just with the different stages of my life, but I still feel like uh yeah, most of most of the relationship is still pretty similar. Mm-hmm. That's cool. We Maybe see, we see that a lot. Like mm-hmm. yeah, both of our families, I mean, we see at least once or twice a week. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. I love that closeness in families and probably transitioning from, Hey, this is dad and we'll always be dad or we'll always be mom to now it's more of a a friendship type of, or like you said, doing a project together, working side by side uh, compared to maybe dad always telling you what to do when you were a little kid. Right. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and that was like the difference between my family and Carly's family is, you know, I didn't ever feel like I was getting like parented super hard. I don't know. I don't know. I just, yeah, I had, I had good respect for my parents and I didn't get myself into too much trouble. So there wasn't much, uh, much they had to parent on and yeah, so it it made it easy for, for me and it made it easy for them too. 
So, That's awesome. Then they didn't have to parent hard, or they weren't parenting hard. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Because I love that. They have to bring the hammer down. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't have to discipline much or anything. <laughs> yeah. So That's awesome. Yeah, even the, it, even it, the things it, though that you could have, uh, you had fun. Yeah. <laughs> you had some fun. <laughs> Your typical like country boy, like you could. I think some parents probably could have brought the hammer down pretty hard on the things that you did, but it was never like any yeah, everything know. all the fun you had though was like um no one ever got hurt in the process he might have put his own life in danger a few times but sure. it was never like um you were never i don't know i don't think that was that crazy no so i don't know i was such <laughs> such a goody two shoes like yeah. you would not catch me like a minute past curfew That's out funny. of fear <laughs> So it, it sounds like they allowed you to be a boy, you know, uh, yeah, Tristan, like did. let you let you do, you know, things. Okay, hey, you know, didn't what well, didn't get into too much pain or whatever, you know, and parenting yep. when needed. So how did you guys meet? You went to the same high school, uh, same church. Yeah, so, our church wasn't big. Everybody know everyone knew everybody at our church. Yep. So, and it was all unity families pretty much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yep. you were a grade behind me. Yep. And so we really didn't do too much talking until until high school. Um, Our sisters were friends. Mm -hmm. So there was a little bit of a connection there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they brought up the idea that we should date one time and yeah, whether or not that necessarily did anything, you know, it was it was part of the think about. Yeah. There was one time that my our sisters, they're the same age, and our sisters were having a sleepover. And I was just like, I don't know why. I was just kind of like hanging out with them a little bit. And Tristan was on his way to like football lifting or something like that. And he kept driving past yeah, our house. Sound like a creep. No, it was so fun. <laughs> well, it was so flirty. It was like such a like 16-year-old yeah. flirty thing. Like, and I didn't even have my light. I wasn't even 16, no. but you were. You would had your first truck. And he would like drive past our house and like he was sending me Snapchats, but I never saw him drive past. And I was like, oh my gosh, like he's taking pictures of us. And I was with his sister. So like, it wasn't weird, but we were like on our bikes trying to find him, like try to find his truck. And eventually we found him and it was just so funny. I just, I remember I think that was like one of the first times where I was like, okay, he's flirting with me. Like this isn't just a, you know, I don't know. I just remember that. And so I was it, so excited. Like I went to bed thinking like, oh my gosh, like maybe, maybe someday I'll date this guy. <laughs> And then I so was dating for a while after that. I mean, no. probably a year or two. So who made the first move? I don't know. It was you. It was a, just kind of. Well, I definitely made did. the first move. Yeah, I would yeah. say you did. Yeah. I kind of heard through mutual friends, like a couple things of, oh, like I think Tristan might have a crush on you, and then that kind of got. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That made me a little more receptive, but. Yeah, because we probably texted on and off yeah. for quite some time and we then, go through like phases of randomly texting each other you yep. and then yeah i don't know and then yeah one day you asked me to ice cream mm-hmm. but i had plans that night so i said sorry i can't because i had <laughs> made i had commitments and he like you were scared you'd like didn't think i wanted to <laughs> which i just i wanted to i just mm-hmm. had other things i had to do so yeah but we actually um our first date was at the village dipper which is an ice cream place which isn't a thing anymore but now it's american char which is right down the street from our house so our first date, i pretty much like stared at our house the Mm -hmm. whole time which is kind of (laughs) cool that's funny so how would you describe dating you know that was how many years ago like dating in high school how would you describe Mm -hmm. that like because i know there's going to be some adults that uh, have high school kids listening to this and in uh, our community like, what are the the highs and lows of dating in high school in this culture? Because that was, you know, a couple of years ago, not far too far removed. Mm-hmm. Okay, one of the coolest things, though, that Tristan said when we first started dating, because we were both like, I, we're both oldest children. And I feel like we hold that stereotype very well. Like, we both were mature for our age. You know, everyone always said that. But one of the things Tristan said, me, said to me when we first started dating, which I like, was just so blown away by, was he's we knew we weren't going to date unless we thought there was potential of getting married Mm -hmm. um and we established that very quickly um 
but he said, even though we said that right away, like, we're not going to date each other just for fun. It was going to be like, you know, see with good intentions, but he said, we're not going to talk about, um, our re the future of our relationship for longer than we've been together. So like, if we've been dating for one month, we could talk one month into the future. If we'd been dating for one year, we could talk one year into the future. And we really did hold, hold on to that. So we never like, even though we knew we were dating with the intentions of like the possibility of marriage, we never like jumped the gun on planning our wedding at like 16 years old. You know what I mean? Even though we got married when I was 19, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we did keep like a, the timeline to that rule that he had kind of come up with. So where did you get that from Tristan? I don't know. I heard it from somebody. I don't, I don't know who it was or where I heard it, but yeah. That, I really, I really like that because you know yeah. too often we can get uh, too far ahead of ourselves right. and not be in the moment, not be in the moment of a moment of getting to know one another as high schoolers and you know early on in the relationship uh, can overplan things. So I, I love that, like staying in the moment. Uh huh. Yeah, just if you've only been dating for a month, you shouldn't be talking about what you're going to do six months six months in the future because you barely know the people. Agreed. Right. Especially when you're so young, when you're in high school too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it was a dating in high school was very interesting because you had to like we weren't in the same friend group. Mm -hmm. So it was trying to balance how much time do we spend with our friends and how much time do we spend with each other and the bringing each other to friend stuff or spending time alone with them. I think that was the most interesting aspect right away when we started dating mm-hmm. and trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to find that perfect balance. Yeah. I think that's a huge challenge because you want to spend time with one another, yeah. but yeah. I've seen it, seen it numerous times where all of a sudden then, you know, a couple just hangs out with each other and then their friends, they lose contact with their yeah. friends. And you're like, mm-hmm. you also want to build those friendships. You know, you're in high school after all. Um, and so I like that the, the balance and, and striving for that uh, perfect balance, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you do it better than, than others. So when did you guys, um, when did your faith become your own? When did you give your life to Jesus? What was that, you know, like in your life and, and how did that affect your relationship, um, in high school? Hmm. Honestly, I would say like, I would have always thought I've had a good relationship with the Lord. And then, but since having Nash those eight months ago, like I would just say that just took it to a whole different level for me. Um, in a way that I'm like rethinking every, you know, like how good was my relationship? Like if you would have asked me, I would have said it was so good, but now I'm like, this is like a whole different, like, this is a true relationship with God. Like this isn't just living according to what I think is right. Like this is living in constant communication with God and like, um, yeah, just really seeking him out and just speaking truth over myself. And I think just really, um, yeah, I would say that's honestly probably more of a recent thing for me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. So talk about the difference. Talk about the difference you had, you know, you know, you said you guys met at church at church at the same, yeah. you know, little church, which is awesome. And um, but now your relationship with the Lord is different. Characterize your relationship in high school with the Lord and and what that was like. And then even, you know, after that and then, you know, now, like and, and what happened to get you from where you were at in high school to where you're at, where you're at now. I think when you have a kid, it just really puts things in perspective a little bit more too. Um, you know, it keeps you accountable. I think I was probably like borderline on the lukewarm side of things, you know, all throughout high school. Like I said, I was a good, like by nature, I was a goody two shoes. Like I'm not going to like break the rules because I don't want to disappoint anybody. So I think that was the biggest thing is I would, you know, try to, I would, when it came to anything in terms of like sin, I would, I feel like I would never cross the line, but I would just really make sure I stayed in the gray area (laughs) at least, you know, whatever, whatever made up gray area that would be in my life or, you know, when it came to anything, when it came to our boundaries, when it came to drinking, when it came to, um, yeah, those are the first two things I can think of. I, but now I feel like I'm just like, no, there's not really a gray area. You know, I think that's 
that's the bigger thing. It's more of just the constant conviction and constant communication. Mm. So just kind of clears things up. You know, it's an interesting transition from, uh, you know, viewing, following Jesus as just sin management, like, okay, right. I'm going to just kind of yeah. watch out my, watch out, you know, for what I do versus uh, complete transformation and entering into that relationship where you're in constant communication with the Lord and yep. praying and praying, like, like Paul says, pray continuously, you know, and having that just be a part of your life. And for me, it was like, I always thought prayer was okay. Okay. I got to bow my head, close my eyes, yep. you know, and do that. Whereas now it's like, man, prayer is just constant conversation with the Lord. And that can happen anywhere and, and anyhow. Mm-hmm. I think something too that, um, I mean, growing up in CRC church and not really talking too much about like the whole spiritual realm, you know, in the unseen world, um, we actually, oh, we were probably in, just engaged. Mm-hmm. We were going to, we had stopped going to the church we grew up at and we started going to a, like a non-denominational church, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got involved in a Bible study that was pretty much the two of us, sometimes one other kid and the leader who was like the same age as us. So she had kind of put it on there. It was not a very big church, um, but we learned a lot. And that opened Mm -hmm. our eyes to like a lot of conversations, especially about like the whole spiritual side of Christianity Mm -hmm. and the spirit world. So I think that that was probably like a big, um, I don't know what the right word is, but like a big factor in both of our faiths. I think that it was definitely a good change of pace to go from like just kind of the normal CRC. You go to church, you come home from church and then you're done with church stuff for the rest of the week until Mm -hmm. next Sunday. Yeah. Um, Just to kind of realize like, okay, there's a lot more going on to all of this. And it's more of a personal spiritual thing than just following the rules. Right. You know, I've, I've kind of really, that's kind of what I've been uh, really hearing a lot about lately Mm -hmm. is it's not about just doing what everyone around us says is the right thing to look like a good Christian. It's right so much more personal and spiritual than that yeah i remember um the leader of that small group that we were in showed us john ramirez have you heard of him probably Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um he is he used to be a just like a devil worshiper basically Mm -hmm. and he was he would consider himself like um i don't know yeah one of satan's right hand yeah that's the right word and um, then he had just this radical encounter with the Lord and is now like a pastor and writes books mm-hmm. about how to fight the devil, basically, you mm-hmm. know, and um, I we watched his testimony on YouTube mm-hmm. in that small group that we were a part of. And I think that was probably the first time both of us were like, holy cow, this stuff is real. Like this is this guy isn't just some like nut job that's, you know, talking about some Mm-hmm. random you know thing that he did while he was on drugs or something like this is like an actual real thing so and you know the leader that we had kind of you know she backed that up a lot um biblically and kind of just i don't know broke it down for us so she had her work cut out for us with us not <laughs> thinking about it <laughs> we were probably like what are you talking about <laughs> but it was really so good it- so you guys, um, you know, you had that foundation, you know, in the church that you grew up in and your relationship with the Lord has, has changed. Um, you guys are a young couple. You've been married how many years? Three and a half. Yep. Three and a half. So, and you got married when you were 19. Tristan, how old were you? I was 21. 21. Okay. So, you know, young couple, um, Nash, you know, um, uh, youngster in the house, uh, mm-hmm. like talk to, talk to me about like, role faith in your house and your relationship with the Lord uh, in the house? And what does that look like as a young couple? Yeah, just, I mean, we've just made a very conscious effort to be very intentional praying with Nash and for Nash and just in each other and just made that very, very intentional. And I think that's been good because Right when we started dating, we tried to pray together every night and it worked good for a few months. And then uh, whatever happened, yeah. we just kind of stopped. Text message. I forgot. Yeah, we we would text of... each other a prayer like every night before bed. Well, we did it when we first got married, too. 
Oh, yeah. But yeah, then we just kind of got out of the habit of it. And so it's been really good now that Nash is here. You know, he's got a bedtime and we're there for his bedtime every yeah. night. So that's been really cool just to kind of have that five or 10 minutes where we can just pray with him and mm-hmm. for him and then for each other and yeah. for us as parents as well. So I think that's been super cool. That's yeah. just been a really nice, like, okay, this is a good time every night. We're all three here together. Mm-hmm. So that's been super helpful. I would say too, like, I mean, it's quite different how we pray for each other than the way we used to, you know, it's not just like, dear God, like keep us healthy. You know, we're sorry for our sins. Um, you know, bless this relationship. Amen. Like, that's like, I feel like what the majority of our relationship used to be, but now it's more of a like, Lord, we just, we just pray that you send your healing power over, you know, he had, he was sick a couple of weeks ago, you know, we're just like, Lord, we know you're the Lord of healing and we just pray healing over our child or like each other. Tristan battled psoriasis for a long time. And like, we would just, you know, pray healing over his body. So just like the, um, intimacy with God, I guess, in the way that we talk to him and just pray over each other. And, um, I think, you know, as our eyes and our hearts have been open to more of the idea of like, okay, we are, our, our battle is not, um, against flesh and blood. It's against the unseen world. I think, um, the more we're open to that, the different our prayers have changed, I guess, you know, sure. And, I think also just the more spiritual warfare you experience too. There's been a couple times where I woke up like from just very spiritual dark dreams and just, you know, shaking Tristan wake, like you have to pray right now, like, you know, and just speaking over, our, you know, yeah. truth over our home. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's what, yeah. How did that, um, your relationship with the Lord and, and praying specifically, how did that factor into your decision to go off on, on your own and start your own business. Was that a, a part of that? Um, yeah, a little bit. It was, it was super interesting because before I had any ideas of going on my own, I was offered a position at a different company for a little bit more money, um, a little bit just better position. I think I would have liked the company a little bit better is a little bit smaller than where I was. And, uh, you know, as I told people, it was just kind of, it didn't, it didn't, a, it just didn't quite feel right. There was all a the lack way. of peace. Yeah, there, mm. there wasn't any peace, even though, you know, more money closer to home. It was five minutes from my house, mm. you know, closer to home. I would have been working with one of my best friends, like not all day long, but see him just in the morning. And um, yeah, good, good bosses. Good. There was nothing, nothing yeah. bad about it. But I just, I didn't have peace with it. And, and neither did our families. Neither did our families and anything like that. And then I had a really good buddy of mine from Godwin where I was at. He's like, hey, I'm thinking about going off on my own. And uh, he kind of off asked if I wanted to do it with him. And I kind of at the end of the day decided let's both do our own thing and we can help each other out. But Mm. as I was telling people about it and kind of looking into it myself, I just felt at peace and it felt like the right decision. And it just, and everyone was so encouraging. mm -hmm, Definitely. Mm. It just, which was funny because when it was made very clear that it was the right decision with the like zero risk option, you know, the job that was offered to him before there was zero risk involved, but people were like, well, you know, you're having a kid soon, like maybe just stick it out. And then he's like three months late, not even three months later. You're like, I think I'm going to start my own business. Everyone's like, do it. And it's like, that's a huge risk, you know, but you know, that everything else was just out the window. So it was just really affirming. There was a lot of affirmation from the Lord. Yeah. And a lot of I love that you you didn't have that peace. And so you're like, Hey, I'm not going to move forward in this. And, and then you included your whole family in it. And like you said, it's something that, that made sense logically, you know, better pay. It was stable. Yeah. You know, you're having Nash soon and, and just like step into that, but you didn't right. have the peace. And so you're listening to the Holy spirit and saying, Hey, maybe that's not the place, even though it doesn't make sense. You know, I'll start, I'll start my own business uh, in the midst of this season when uh, there's a lot of change coming into your life. And so like, that's, that's the cool thing about following the Lord. Like he leads you and directs you 
yeah. you know, in, in some specific ways. Mm -hmm. It was powerful. Yeah, I have another kind of funny story. It was uh, just about God. The day that we were going to get engaged, um, <laughs> I went to, we went to Silver Lake. We both really like Silver Lake. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, yeah, I'm young and I'm nervous and I have no idea and I'm thinking about everything and I'm going, boy, I don't know if this is the right decision. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, if, if everything seems right and I'm just going back and forth yeah. in my head and it was the foggiest day you have ever seen yeah. up in Silver Lake. Like You couldn't you, see the dunes in yeah, front of you. Yeah, you could barely see wow. in front of you. And I'm like, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work good for pictures. Like she's got to have <laughs> pictures of me getting down on one knee. And so I just prayed. I was like, Lord, if, if this is the right girl for me to marry, like, Lord, just please let it be sunny. Like just Lift bring the, the sun, sun out, get rid of the fog. And I don't remember, I don't remember the time frame super well, but maybe let's just say it was an hour later, all of a sudden there was no fog around yeah. and wow. it was just as bright as sunny as possible. And then, so then I like looked up and realized that and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> like, all right, there, that that's a good sign. And then yep. like 10 minutes later, it was just as foggy as it was before. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of felt like that was God just saying, hey, it's going to be a foggy day, but there's your sign. Like, there you go. That's awesome. How were the pictures? Did they turn out well? It was, it was, it was super foggy. Yeah. It <laughs> it was yeah. Cool. He had the GoPro on the side of his, like a, to the side of his truck, like by the mm -hmm. rear wheel. But yeah, yeah, it was cool. Wow. Wow. So, you know, what is your, you know, you talk about the bedtime routine, which, um, is so interesting because uh, to this day with all my kids, uh, if they're around uh, in the house, uh, they want me to go through that bedtime routine and pray with yeah. them to this day. So what's cool is like the thing that you start when Nash is a little boy, mm -hmm. um, he'll be a middle school punk like the rest of us. Yeah. And he'll be like, dad, mom, can you pray for me before you know I go to sleep? You know, which is so cool. But what is your um, greatest prayer or what's your, your biggest prayer for Nash and my biggest prayer is for mental strength and mental health. Yeah. Um, I just see that being such an issue these days um, with kids growing up with all the technology that's around them and just the world we're living in. So I just really pray for mental strength. Yeah. Um, and just wisdom for Nash. That's I would say that's my yeah. biggest prayer for him. Yeah. I would say mine we both, you know, you kind of almost get into a little bit of a routine, like he'll go first, I'll go second. And it usually varies a little bit, but at the end of the day, we do have some of the same core prayers. But um, I would say I always pray, I always pray that the Holy Spirit will just come upon him as a young child and that that will be revealed um, at a young age and it will be evident for everyone and that he will be a young disciple. And um, I just pray against any spirits of selfishness, lust, greed, and anger because I'm in addiction because those mm -hmm. are all things, you know, generationally that I think we have to break ties off in between both of our families mm -hmm. and ourselves. So I think those are probably the main things that I mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And wisdom, uh, wisdom for both of, I always mm -hmm. pray wisdom over for us as parents and for him as a child too. So. Yeah, that wisdom piece is like, God, you uh, bless me with this child, <laughs> but yep, you have got to tell me how to, how to raise this child. Yeah, yeah. Recognize he's not mine. He's ultimately yours, but you yeah. got to help us out. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a huge, that's a huge prayer. You know, it's such a, a challenging world that uh, all of these kids are growing up in and yeah. so many temptations and so many things throw their, thrown their way. It's yeah. only by God's grace that they can navigate through it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and no bad dreams. That's another, mm -hmm. I think that I'm a big dreamer. Like I am, a, I dream a lot. He, Tristan, like never remembers his dreams or dreams that much, but I have very vivid dreams and I've had some very crazy ones, you know, very spiritual ones too. So I just pray, you know, that, that and he stays away from our son as he sleeps at night. So you guys got married at 21 and 19, yeah. mm -hmm. um, young, young couple, mm -hmm. um, couple years being married. What is the um, highlight or what's the joy, I guess, of getting married so young? Mm -hmm. And then also what challenges do you face as a young couple? 
I love, I'm so glad we got married young. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad that we've just been, I just feel like when you, we've grown up. So, I mean, we've been together for seven years. So you're, we're constantly growing and changing. And I think that that's something in this world that is like so hard for people to understand for some reason is like so many people think when you're 20s, late 20s, early 30s, you're just like done growing or something like you're mature enough to handle being married, which makes no sense to me because when you're 30, you're going to grow up to be 60s or 80 someday. So you're constantly growing up. So Mm -hmm. I just think you always you just have to find somebody you can grow up with. So the fact Mm -hmm. that we went through such vital growing stages together and we made it through those stages together, I mean, Mm -hmm. from 16 to 19 I and mean, there's a lot of different stages that happen in, in that time especially when you don't go to college too I think that's mm-hmm. another big factor you kind of sometimes I think college sets you back like not maybe in your job or career wise but just like I don't know it can I don't know it depends it, it, brings, I, up I, I hear you. Of, it brings up a whole lot of different like temptations and mm-hmm. um opportunities mm-hmm. I guess hard not it, it can allow you to prolong maturing as an adult yeah you know, exactly. and, and keep you in the immature phase for too right. long exactly. I know it was true of me but yeah mm. so I don't know I I love that we got married young and that I just always say we've just always been growing up and we're constantly growing up together mm-hmm. it is definitely interesting to see the how the world looks at us for getting married young you know there's a lot of people that think it's such a bad idea but we never had pushback from our families though no like everybody any family and friends that knew us personally knew that they encouraged us in in that Mm -hmm. step to get married young um which was awesome especially I feel like my parents were really like they made sure that we took it slow as a couple. Like I was only allowed to see him once a week for, I don't even, for months, for so long. And when we first started dating. So the fact that like, I went from being able to like see him once a week to getting married to him three years later, that's, <laughs> like that's that, fast. No, that's a big, I, when I first brought up the idea of like engagement to my parents, I was only 18 and wow, they were like really supportive. So, you know, I think that was, that was, a, that was mm-hmm. huge. That was, that meant a lot to me. So, well, you know, I, I just, um, we'll get to the challenges, uh, that you guys face as a young couple in just a second, but I applaud you guys for the intentionality that you took to your, to your relationship. You know, I love that you guys had the conversation early on to say, we're only going to date, you know, if this is leading somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, not that we're going to talk about it all the time, but you know, we're moving towards marriage. And when, if that, you know, wasn't going to pan out, then, right. Go, go your separate ways. But I think there's too often like, Hey, we're just going to date and have fun and whatever. And there's no intentionality to it. Um, but I love that you guys had that in your relationship and, Mm -hmm. you know, now you get to go through, you know, so much of your life together, Mm -hmm. you know, you're just going to have 16 years where I mean, sure you knew each other, but you weren't dating, you know? Um, but that's just, it's crazy. Imagine you guys as 50, 60, 70 years old, um, Mm -hmm. and just the depth of relationship. And yeah. the, the gift that you guys are to each other, because I've, I've seen in my own life and other people's lives, no one knows you better um, than your yeah. spouse, mm-hmm. you know, the, your spouse will know you better than sometimes you even know yourself and be able to yeah. see things that you don't see. So what a gift uh, that is. Um, it's special that we don't have. And I mean, the fact that we started dating so young too, like we don't have anyone to compare anything to in, in any sense. So that's just such a, that's, that's such an amazing that's been thing. Super nice. There's no baggage from yeah. past relationships that carried into this relationship. Mm-hmm. There's something to say, interesting. You said this early on that you didn't have, like um, you called it boring and, and we all like a boring childhood, but we, we knew what you're talking about. Like you didn't have these big, you know, um, moments, you know um, it was a simple life. And I look at the two of you and while there's challenges, there's a simplicity in it. And there's a beauty in that. Like I think of the verse that says, you know, uh, strive to live a, a simple life. And I'm like, I love that. Um, and I love that that's uh, part of your guys' story. You know, now it's not all perfect and there's challenges. And so talk to me about those. Like, what are the challenges that you guys face as a young couple? We are very different in terms of like, probably socially kind of like, I'm much more extroverted and Tristan's like, very okay with just like being alone and part of that is like 
my I love like quality time with him and he's just like doesn't need that <laughs> which that is probably one of our biggest challenges yep definitely that's probably our <laughs> biggest challenge for sure I try not to be like needy because it's just it doesn't mean he loves me any less because he doesn't require spending so much time with me but um that's probably one of our biggest challenges yeah Tristan just, what's your love what's your love language do you know I don't know. Yeah, that's what I get every time. I'm like, I just want to figure you out. And he's like, I don't know. He's so laid back. Like, he's just just so steady. Yeah. He's like, God, he's like, I don't even need to see you for a week. I'll feel loved. (laughs) That's too funny. He's he's very steady. Tristan, the man of mystery. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's acts of service. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think that's yeah yeah and i think words of affirmation a little bit too mm-hmm. i think you know yeah you like to share moments we went through the book cherish by gary thomas and um it talked about like bidding you know like you throw bids at each other which basically means like if i were to say like tristan look at the sunset you know if he were to be like, I don't want to right now, the reason that would hurt me so much is because I was just looking for that moment of connection with him. Right. So I think like when we went through that book, we realized how differently we bid at each other. You know, I'll, I'll try to just get him to experience something with our, like even our dog, like just be like, look at the dog, how cute he is right now. And, you know, Tristan's like, I look at the dog 50 times a day. Like he's doing nothing different than what he did yesterday, Mm -hmm. but that's just my like way to connect with him. And like for him to, you know, he will work on a project and he'll want me to come see that. And, you know, if I'm busy, sometimes I'll miss that bid. But, you know, I think that has been a pretty like it's been it's changed our mindset yeah. and like mm-hmm. realization of like, OK, these are these actually these little things that seem non-important to me is actually really important to him. Sure. So. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It gives you guys common language, you know, yeah. to say, you know, we're looking for connection. And right. there's different ways that you guys connect with each other. You know, not one isn't better than the other. It's just right. different. Yeah, um, exactly. And under, understanding that. And then also getting out of your, you know, uh, of yourself and saying like, oh, I don't necessarily want to go see this project, but you know what? Here's an opportunity yeah. to connect with my husband or with right. my wife, Absolutely. you know, and, and laying your life down and, and doing that. Um, Absolutely. And that's a lifelong journey. Like it's so, it's so interesting understanding how your spouse receives love yeah. um you think like oh everybody just receives it the same way you know yep. of course he's going to want quality time you right. know and it's like whoa this is different how does this all all work yeah yeah i think that was the the biggest thing for me um when we got married is i realized like oh hey this actually takes work like yeah <laughs> this isn't just we do our own things and we have fun and we're happy and it's like no this marriage takes work and you have to put time and effort into to your partner and that's huge well and for quality time i mean when you're dating you you're like you plan out the okay we're gonna hang out on tuesday night right so like that quality time is just built in because it's you know this is the night we're gonna see each other but when you're married you see each other every day so then it just kind of you get into the routine of things and then that you know the quality of it for somebody whose love language is quality time, you know, that kind of diminishes if there's not the intentionality behind it. So I think that was probably like one of our biggest yeah. struggles, especially right at first. Um, but, and it's, st- I mean, it's still, it's reoccurring, but I think, you know, it's gotten to be less of like an angry fight and more of a reminder. You know what sure. I mean? Sure. I think we understand how each other's brains work a little bit more. Mm-hmm. One thing too, that, you know, I, the Lord totally just like kicked me in the butt the other day because I have been so like prissy about Tristan is such an investor. Like he loves to, you know, how can we make this grow? How can we make the money grow? How can we make the business grow? How can we, you know, invest our time to be more worthwhile? And that is not how my brain works whatsoever. Like I am just like, let's save all the money and just slowly watch the bank grow. Or like, let's just, you know, I just like to be safe and secure. And the other day I was kind of just like praying with God of like, I don't even, I don't, I was just kind of like being grumpy about something he wanted to invest in or something like that. Or just, even if that was his mindset, I, I think where I was coming from was like money doesn't, matter like the more we have doesn't matter at the end of the day right like Mm -hmm. i could have nothing and be content 
And so I was kind of like telling God, like change him, you know, like change his heart. And the Lord totally kicked me in the butt and was like, Carly, I created his brain to work like that for a purpose. And he said, like, you have no idea what I'm about to do through him when he starts to invest more time into growing my kingdom because his brain works with, you know, as an investor that is going to grow, you know, my disciple, he's just going to make more disciples because of that in a way that I would never be capable of doing. So that was something I feel like I used to be so grumpy about. And now like, it was literally like probably a month ago that the Lord just kicked me in the butt and told me that. And I was like, (laughs) God, thank you. And I told Tristan that I was like, I'm sorry, sure. you know, but I thought that was really cool. You know, it, it's just as uh, it, it's easier said than done, like valuing one another yeah. and valuing the gifts, you know, in one another. And you guys are so different. Cece and I are so different. Yeah. Um, and you can get really upset or you can be like, wow, this is a gift to our relationship that, you know, if I'm not a, if it, like, for example, you, you know, aren't an investor, well, you are now because you're married to Tristan and yep. the two become one. And mm-hmm. now Tristan is more of a saver because you're a saver. Right. And it's mm-hmm. beautiful how, you know, those two become one and you're not your own independent person, but you receive each exactly. other's like, strengths and gifts as well. But we have to learn to value those. Um, yeah. What would you look, I always like uh, asking couples this, um, you know, you guys uh, fast forward 50, 60 years, um, you know, you're maybe sitting, sitting in Drenth on a rocking chair <laughs> overlooking a field still. I have no idea. Um, what do you want to be known for? Like, what's the, you know, what's uh, your biggest desire in life as a couple, as a husband and wife, as a mom and dad, um, maybe eventually grandparents, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. What is, you know, what do you guys want to be known for? I just want to be known as somebody that just loved people really well and like was really genuine and humble for it. You know, like I don't want people to ever think that I was fake because of my intentionality behind. I I want everyone to know I have genuine, pure intentions behind loving them and connecting with people. And I really hope that we can raise our kids too to just be just so brave for advancing the kingdom and just speaking truth into people's life. Like I want to try to create Uh, a household where it's normal to just stop everything and pray for somebody. You know what I mean? And that's something that I'm like scared to do. Like in public, I won't stop in the grocery store to pray for somebody, but like I need to do that so that my kids can see that it's okay and like be comfortable with that. So yeah, I just want to know. I just want to be known for being loving. Mm -hmm. I want to have a home that's open to like being hospitable too. I've always said, I've said to you a few times, I would love to like, which maybe this is like, I shouldn't even say this, but I would love to have like a safe house for people mm-hmm. that just need somewhere to be. Like if they have to escape like a bad situation, I would love to like have somewhere mm-hmm. that they could be, but cool. secretly. So <laughs> just, just a house where people can, can come and, and be yeah. safe and be spoken into. I, and, yes. And, you know, what I love is like, you know, Nash is going to have buddies, you know, come over and I love that when my kids have friends, you know, that come over yeah. and it's like, you get opportunities to speak words of life into them. Yeah. And it, it, it's fun because it kind of takes them off guard, uh, but they, they love it. And they're like, mm-hmm. wow, you see that in me? Or, you know, mm-hmm. so just what, what a huge opportunity is, you know, his buddies come through the house all muddy or whatever from, yep. you know, out in the, the yard, um, yep. you have an opportunity to speak life into them. Yeah. I want to be someone who is super generous. Yeah. And I want to be, I also want to be in a place where I can be super generous um, financially. And then I want to be able to be generous with my time as well. But I just like, I want to be a provider for people. I, I look, we, we have uh, some people that we know that are just, they're doing super well, but they're super generous with their money. You know, they, they support missionaries all the time and people who have issues at their house or things that break, they'll go take care of it and fix it. And I I want to be able to do that and just take care of people. And Carly just had a friend who was thinking about giving a bunch of money away 
and all of her money all of her money away and then like I heard that she's got some student loans and it's like I want to be I want to I want to be the guy that can take care of her student loans so that she can go on with her life and keep doing her missions. I want to I want to be a supporter of people doing missions. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good at, at the talking and I I don't like that and I'm sure I could and I'm sure it's the right thing for me to go and <laughs> disciple, but I also I want to be the supporter of all the discipling. I see Carly is very good with people who aren't necessarily loved or aren't necessarily the most popular. And, uh, you know, I just want to be someone who can support her, her work and her, yeah, her -hmm. dreams and goals. Well, you, I mean, you are doing that because Mm -hmm. you're supporting me as a stay at home mom, which is, I mean, financially, that's what we can, that's, that's a huge financial step for me to be a stay at home mom and him mm-hmm. to be having a like startup business. But mm-hmm. the fact that you're encouraging of me to be a stay at home mom, disciple our children, and then, you know, go get coffee with people that mm-hmm. need that extra yeah. encouragement. I mean, that's, you're already living that out right now. You know, you know, I, I love this. And um, you guys are, are both of you are very self-aware, self-aware of, of who you are and the gifts that you have. And I think that's a gift. You know, and Tristan, what you said was was so, um, so great. You're like, I know I'm called to disciple people around here. You know, there's opportunities, you know, you never know who you're going to come in, come in contact with, but also understanding your role of being a sender, um, mm-hmm. because not everybody feels called to go to the nations, you know, yeah. go to different places. Um, but in order for them to go, they need support back home and say, hey, I'll take care of this or this or, you know, if what whatever, like helping in situations back here. Um, you know, I know with uh, two, you know, a couple of our missionaries that we support, they needed help with the car, you know, mm-hmm. and so somebody fixed up their car. Well, that's a sender like you are a sender mm-hmm. to to send them off uh, so that they can do the work that they're uh, called to do. And it doesn't mean that one is better than the other. We're both mm-hmm. needed. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ. And so I love that you identify uh, yourself as that as saying, you know what, this is my gift. I'm going to save and and be generous and, and be a sender. Yeah. And it was it was reaffirming when you told me about that you know, God told you I'm more yeah. of an investor. And, you know, I thought about that a lot. And, and I just think it goes to show that God uses people. Who, he gifts people in different ways mm-hmm. because yeah, if everyone was exactly the same, it wouldn't be very productive. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great place to to wrap up the conversation. Like, I think that is, is huge. And you guys, you too are, are a gift to, to so many and you use those gifts in, in different ways. And I see the kingdom of God all over your lives. And I love hearing about the relationship that you have with the Lord. That is not a sin management relationship, but an active growing relationship where you're walking with him every day. And I look forward to seeing how his kingdom is going to expand through you. Thank you. Thanks for chatting. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.